Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. So let's do, let's do a little recapitulation from last Sunday so I can bring you up to speed because it's vitally important for those who missed it last Sunday. So some lessons learned. The word in the beginning, when we go back to the book of Genesis, the word beginning is the Hebrew word rock shift, rock shift. This is what it means. It means to be first, choice part, birth, or origin. Beginning, origin. So in other words, without God, there would not have been a beginning. God is the one who started time because he's not in time. He created time. And only a being that does not live in time can create time. Nothing that's created can never be greater than what created it. Therefore, if we came from monkeys and we're smarter than monkeys, monkeys can't create something that's smarter than monkeys. That's not too deep, is it? It's just true. <laughs> That's what truth sounds like. It's, it's, it's tight, but it's right, amen? That's just truth. That's science. So I'm just using science to refute the scientist. That refutes their own way of thinking that something that created something else, that something else can never be greater than what created it. You, you, you sew a dress. You got the pattern, you bought the cloth, you put it together, got the thread, it's a dress. Will that dress ever be greater than you? As a matter of fact, you bring value to the dress. God brings value to us. <laughs> we can never be greater than him. Neither can any created being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you here with me? Another word he created. In the beginning, God, the Bible says, created something. Created something is the word bakra, bakra, B-A-W-R-A-W, bakra. And this is what that word means. It means to call into existence something from nothing. Bakra. In the beginning, God, bakra. In other words, God took a handful of nothing and created something out of nothing. And the scientists are telling us that nothing took nothing and created something out of it. Because that's their science. Because it was nothing and then all of a sudden, boom, it was something. But nothing created something out of nothing. Yeah, That just does not fly with the laws of physics. Because I'm using science because Jesus is omniscient, which means he's omni all science. Where we get the word science, Jesus is science. He created science, so he should know it. I would choose to believe. You don't have to. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to tell you, you know, how to believe things. I'm just giving you truth. But I choose to believe that something created, got nothing and created something out of it rather than the reverse. Because he's, he's, he's God. There was nothing there. Boom. He created something. There was nothing going on in your life. Boom. God came in and created something. Are you seeing the parallels here, guys? 
Okay, all right. I'm, can I keep going? Okay, I'm going to keep going. The heavens and the earth was perfectly balanced, decent, dry, and organized when it was created in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. That's what we learned last week and a whole lot more, but that's all I want to get into because we're getting ready to roll into chapter 2 right now, and this is where I want to begin. So let's go back to the book of the beginnings. So go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, and I want you to see something here, guys, and this is amazing, and I know you've read this time and time again, and I have too, and I, I am actually believing God that, you're, you're, that God will open up the, the revelation of your heart so you can see even more than what he has shown me, uh, but this is quite amazing that all of this is, is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2 that we're about to see here right now. When you get there, say, I have it. So the Bible says, in the beginning, somebody say, in the beginning. It says, in the beginning, God, it didn't see, see, it's important to see what it says compared to what it does not say. I've never read anything that in the beginning was Muhammad. So, so therefore, Islam could not have been the original religion because the original religion started with a creator. God was the one that was there. I did not see here where it said in the beginning, it was Sun Yon Moon. I did not see here what it said in the beginning. It was Joseph Smith who started Mormonism. I did not see it said in the beginning was Charles Russell who started Jehovah's Witnesses in the 1800s, by the way, because this was in the beginning. So it's important to read what's not there than it is what is there. In the beginning, it was Elohim. Elohim is actually plural because it's God, the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, Elohim. They all three were there in the very beginning, but God created, he bakra, he took something that did not exist and created something out of it. He created the heavens and the earth. He created all the cosmos, if you will, and he created the earth. It was a perfect earth. It, it was dry. It was decent. It was organized because God does not create anything that's not good. But verse 2, things change, and this is what I want to talk about today. Verse 2 says, the earth was without form. So in other words, in the original writings, the word was is the word became. So in verse 1, we see a perfect earth. We see an earth that's decent. We see an earth that's organized. We see an earth that is in order. But then in verse 2, the earth became something that it wasn't. Somebody say something happened. Something did happen. And the, the earth was without form or became formless and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God, the one translation said, moved over the face of the deep. And in my translation here in the New King James, it said it was hovering. <laughs> so let's let's just take a backdrop here. It says the earth went from order to disorder. From being decent, verse 1, to depravity, verse 2, darkness. It went from being in control in verse 1 to being in chaos in verse 2. It went from being uh, it balanced in verse 1 to being, uh, to vacillate in verse 2. It went from being dry ground in verse 1 to being submerged in water in verse 2. So in other words, the earth acquiesced to something other than God. Something happened 
to what God had created originally in verse 1, something happened in between verse 1 and verse 2 where the earth became void. I'm walking slow because this is worth going slow for. So now, we got to understand those two words, formless and void. Formless and void. Like I said, this is a Bible study. Formless is the word tohu. Somebody said tohu. Somebody said tohu. <laughs> Somebody said tohu. T-O-H-O-O. It's pronounced tohu in Hebrew. Somebody said tohu. Formless is the word tohu. This is what it means, guys. It means isolation. It means formlessness. It means confusion. It means unreality, like these reality shows. How can it be reality when they tell you what to say? So, so it, <laughs> it means emptiness. It means desolation. It means nothingness. Somebody say tohu. That's formless. But the word void is bohu, B-O-H-O-O. Somebody say boho. So it's tohu and bohu. That's how you pronounce it. So in, in the, the Hebrew, it would be pronounced tohu wa bohu. That's how you would say those two words in Hebrew, tohu wa bohu. So, so the word bohu means emptiness, waste, and chaos. So in other words, the devil wants all of us to live in tohu wa bohu. He wants all of us to be confused. He wants all of us to have an empty life. He wants all of us to operate in the areas where he operates where there's no power. Tohu wabohu. He wants to move you away from the things of God. He wants to move you away from the word of God. He wants to move you away from the presence of God. He wants to move you away from church. He wants to move you away from righteousness. He wants to move you away from holiness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Because if he can fill you with tohu wabohu, you will become dark and formless. Somebody said tohu wabohu. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't be tohu. And don't weep, don't be bahu. See, don't be formless and empty, man. Come on, come on. And this is what the enemy wants from us. So let me confirm some things here. In Isaiah chapter 34, verse 11. Isaiah chapter 34, verse 11. Isaiah chapter 34, verse 11. Pop that up on the screen for me. Isaiah chapter 34, verse 11. You're going to have to follow me fast this morning. Isaiah chapter 34, verse 11. I'm going to go ahead and start reading it. It says, he, God, shall stretch out over it the line of confusion, tohu, and a stone of emptiness, bohu. Usually those two words show up together. Isaiah 34, 11. Tohu and bohu show up together. Confusion and emptiness. The devil is just not satisfied with you being confused. He wants you to be totally empty. He does not want you to understand that you have been created with a divine purpose. He wants you to think that you came from monkeys. He wants you to think that somehow when we die, we cease to exist. Therefore, we can explain away heaven or hell. He wants you to have that kind of confusion. That's why the nation is in the state that is in, because the nation is quite confused about what God wants for a godly nation. And anytime you move away from the word of God, it means you're confused. 
Therefore, you have Tohu Wabohu operating in the nation. That's why you see the suicide rate is an increasing uh, in a greater capacity because people have no purpose. And if you came from a monkey or a rock, I can see why you don't have a purpose. But if you came from a divine creator and an architect who said that I put purpose inside of you even before you had a body, then you understand that it's greater. What God put you here on the earth for is greater than where you are right now. See, it's greater than your circumstances and your finances and where you are. It's greater than the community that you live in. If you don't understand that it's God who placed it there and not you yourself. Don't let the enemy steal your identity and who you are in God. Come on, saints of God. We're supposed to be operating with some serious power. Miracles should be popping off all the time, not just from the pulpit, from you. You should have the boldness to take a stand right now and say, oh, no, we're not having this. Let me lay hands on you. We can fix that. I can fix that right now. Like I want to tell this lady, I was in Walmart. Oh, just a side note. And uh, you know how sometimes, 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 you know, you can, you can hear, you, you in the, you're in the store, you're shopping, and you hear, you hear this sound that gets on your last nerve. And it, it gets louder and louder. It goes something like, I know y'all don't want that, mommy. And you just like, mm-hmm. And I wanted to go over to this lady and say, you know, I can fix that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I can fix that. You know, if you, you just turn around, I can fix that. Why? Because that's chaos right there. That's confusion. That's a bunch of nothing right there. Until the woman who created it, until the person who created it takes authority over what was created, always what was created is going to try by nature to overcome what created it. That's why we're in trouble because we're trying to explain God. (laughs) And we're acting just like that child, spoiled brats. But God, I prayed for three hours. <laughs> I need that money today. And God is looking at you, you small brat. I created you. Peace I give unto you. Paul cried out three times and prayed, God, take this thing away from me. I hate it. God never responded to Paul's request. Request, He said, my grace. Paul, if you understand that my grace is sufficient for you, then you'll walk through everything you got to walk through. So while we're sitting complaining, God says, why don't you just use the grace I gave you? I know it's not exciting. I know it. I know it. I know it. But I hope I'm touching your heart. And you understand who you are. Amen. So I got a question for you. Riddle me this, Batman. Was Noah's flood the first flood? You can answer. Absolutely not. Now, you can probably go pull a nominal Christian and say, what was, what was the first flood? They're going to tell you Noah. 
But can, can, I, can I read? Can I read? Verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The whole earth was covered in water. That's the first flood. Noah is the second flood. So now you got to figure out, well, what happened? Somebody said, what happened? That's a good question, isn't it? But before I tell you what happened, I want to give you more confirmation by the word of God that it was, that was the first flood. Are you ready? An Old Testament scripture. Let's go to Job. Job chapter 9. Let's read something here. Job chapter 9. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start reading. I'm going to read at verse 5. Job chapter 9, verse 5. It, everybody have a Bible, by the way. Okay. If you don't, let me know because we got plenty of Bibles here at the, at the church. Uh, this is a word teaching church. So when you're in a word teaching church, you've got to have a Bible or a cell phone or iPad, iPod, whatever, something you can get the word on. So Job chapter 9, verse 5 says, And he, being God, removes the mountains, and they do not know. When he overturns them in his anger, he shakes the earth out of its place, and its pillars tremble. Verse 7, he commands the sun, and it does not shine. He seals off the stars. He alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. Now, this is talking about Genesis 1 in between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Notice here, it says, he commands the sun, and it does not shine. The sun was not created later. The sun was created when God says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So in other words, verse 1, the sun and the moon and the stars were created already. Verse 2, God says, don't shine. Is this sinking in? Verse 1, order, decency, righteousness, holiness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, verse 1. God created a perfect earth. Verse 2, something happened, and the earth was flooded. So let me give you another confirmation before I tell you what happened. Because you still want to know, right? You want to know what happened? Okay, I know you do. I know you do. I know you do. Okay, let me, let, uh, what had happened was, I'm going to tell you. But before I tell you, i got to give you another confirmation by the word, not by John Lofton. Let's go to a New Testament confirmation of the first flood. Now let's go to Second Peter. Go all the way to the Gospels and go to the, the epistles who were their wives of the apostles. So, Second Peter. Uh, yeah, I get it later. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you're going to the book of Job to find a job so okay so second Peter chapter 3 are you there somebody say I have it and I can still hear pages turning but I'm gonna go ahead and start reading second Peter chapter 3 verse 3 second Peter chapter 3 verse 3 this is what it says knowing this first that scoffers would come in the last days walking according to their own lust that's what we see today don't we Okay, and saying, where is the promise? Where is the promise of his coming? So that's what people are saying now. Jesus ain't coming. Y'all, I know your church been talking about this for years. He ain't coming. Where is the promise of his coming? So they're they acting like they're acting crazy, right? So it's same like in Noah's day when, they, when they, rose, they rose up to eat and play and they laid down and they did all their little shenanigans because Noah said the flood is coming. And they said there is no flood. Noah said, they said Noah, how is the flood going to, going to rain? Now, listen, something you got to understand about historical context of the scriptures that it had never rained. It's going to rain. They said, what was rain? 
Noah, you, you crazy, you foolish. Why are you building an ark? It's a desert. See? Sand. It, there is no thing called rain, just like some people think there is no thing called the second coming. And while it started raining, they started coming. But God had already closed the door. That's what's going to happen in the end times. People are going to start coming. It's going to be too late. We're already gone. See, you can't wait to the last minute and say, I'll pray when I see the sky crack open. Too late then. Right? So Paul, Paul, look at me close. Paul said it's going to happen this fast. <laughs> Did you see that? I know it was quick. Let me do it again. Watch my eyes close. Here, gone. <laughs> Did you see that? That's, that's how Paul said in a twinkling of an eye. Here, out. So if you can pray that fast, I don't know anybody that can pray that fast. Jesus, oh, too late. <laughs> we out, man. Because we read the scriptures and it says, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, right? So that means the graves are going to pop open, man. We're going to see people getting up out of the caskets because their spirits are going to be going up. And then we who are yet alive are going to be caught up together in the air. See, that we say those scriptures and we have to read them in linear time. But remember, Jesus created time. So he's not in time. So it's going to happen like, just like that. So that quick, you will be out of time. And then you got to go through the seven years of tribulation. I don't want to be here for that. That's scary. That's real scary. I don't want to be here for that. And some people think we're in the tribulation. Now, this is not the tribulation. This is not the tribulation. I'm telling you right now, we are not in the tribulation because the tribulation can't start until he comes get us. Now, that's why you need to know your Bible. And you got to stop listening to these false prophets talking about Christians are going to go through the tribulation. Then why I get saved? If I got to go through the tribulation, why am I going to get saved right now? I can just still drink my whiskey. I ain't lying. I drink my whiskey. I ain't lying. I go on drink. I go on cuss y'all out. I just wait till the last day, you know. <laughs> then I get righteous. <laughs> why, why are we trying to live holy if we got to go through the tribulation? I can go ahead and knock the foe. But Paul says we must die, right? So we're just following the word of God, amen? Okay, so, so are you there? Second Peter chapter 3, it goes on, it says, uh, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers uh, fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation, from the beginning of creation. It's vitally important we understand what happened in the beginning. This is Apostle Paul. He's saying that the people says from the beginning of creation, this is the way it has been. But what they fail to remember is this is not the way God created it. Just because they acted a fool after verse 1 doesn't mean you need to continue to be a fool. Just because it's lawful, it may not be expedient. Just because the law says you can do this and that doesn't mean that you are legally doing it by God's standard. Apostle Paul wrote this a long time ago. He said everything that's lawful may not be expedient. Just because man makes a law doesn't mean you need to be doing it. And I hope, this, this, I hope this iPod get all over the world because I'm not scared of nobody. I want the TV cameras up here, and I'm going to still preach it just like this. 
because this is the way we should be preaching it. Standing on the word of God. Preaching and teaching by the Holy Spirit. So that you can understand the whole of scripture, not just one or two. You can see that everything, I'm tying it all in together because God does not ever come against his word. Hello, somebody. Verse 5. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old. And the earth standing out of water. And in water. That was the first flood. The scriptures confirming scriptures, line upon line, verse upon verse. This is how we should be preaching the word so that you can see it all ties in together. This making sense? You tying it together? Okay, so now y'all ask me what happened, right? Y'all want to know what happened? Are you sure? Are you ready for this? Are you sure you're ready for this? Okay, all right. It is believed... Listen to me closely. What time is it? It is believed that between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, there was a time period that took place in between. Most of the biblical scholars call it a gap. You may have heard the gap theory. Well, something happened. I don't know how long it was. Now, some believe that the first earth is the earth that had the dinosaurs. But when it flooded, all of them died. That's why we have dinosaur bones. It makes logical sense to me. Okay, I, I, I'll give them that. But it was flooded. But why did it flood? Now, the scientists will tell you it was a meteor. But Jesus told us what it was. Can I, t can I show you? Go to the book of Luke. Book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 18. I'm going to tell you what it was. The scientists are trying to explain away scripture. Go to Luke. Luke, chapter 10, verse 18. Luke, chapter 10, verse 18. I'm going to go ahead and start reading while you turn there. You can put it in your notes. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. The scientist says it was a meteor. Jesus said it was Satan. I'm just reading the Bible. Now, if Jesus said he saw Satan fall, Jesus must have been there. Because <laughs> he could not have seen him fall if he was not there in the beginning. And as a matter of fact, it wasn't Jesus who kicked him out of heaven. It was the angels. Why? Because Jesus created him. He didn't even have to contend with them. The angels kicked him out of heaven, and he kicked him so hard that he fell like lightning. That, that's, that's pretty fast. That's, I don't know about you guys, but I, can't, I don't like lightning. Lightning is not your friend. And if you hear thunder, you, you, you just, it's too late. Because that that that's a result of lightning. It flashes, and then the thunder. Right? Because if you hear thunder, it's too late. <laughs> That's how it's going to be with Jesus. Flash. Thunder. Too late. You know what the thunder is going to be? Planes dropping out of the sky from a Christian pilot coming up into heaven. Trains running off the tracks. Cars smashing into each other because we're gone. Thunder. 
Too late. The lightning's already hit. <laughs> okay, I'm saying y'all got me off track. Okay, so, so is this making sense? So Jesus told us what happened. So it was Satan, it is believed, that fell from heaven in between one and two. When he fell from a perfect earth, it was decent. It was organized. There was no chaos. It was a perfect earth. It was a perfect heaven because he created the cosmos and the earth. Dry ground. He called it earth. That's why we get the name earth. We get it from God because man would not have known what to call earth if it hadn't been for God. Because God said the dry ground shall be called earth. Okay, anyway, so, so, so now we see from order to disorder, from decency to depravity, something happened and it was Satan. Now, now you got to ask yourself, well, what, what was Satan like before he fell? I'm glad you asked me. I'm glad. So, so now go to the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 28. Are you guys okay walking through the word like this? Oh, I love this kind of teaching. That means I don't have to preach. Hey, I don't like preaching. I like teaching the word of God. And you ain't going to learn the word unless we go through it line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. This is how you're going to walk through the word. Amen? For the rest of this series, we're going to go through this Bible just like this. I hope you're all right. Ready? Go get your family and your friends. Tell them, come on. They got a church that's finally teaching the Bible. Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel chapter 28. Now, 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 I'm getting ready to read to you what Satan looked like before he fell like lightning. Now, a lot of people don't believe that the devil is real. I'm getting ready to describe him to you. He was a created being. He was an angel. Notice how an angel became so corrupt. <laughs> notice, notice how your little angel. Oh, you guys there, Ezekiel chapter 28. See, y'all trying to put words in my mouth. I ain't going to let you do it. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13. When you get there, say, I have it. I want everybody to see this in your Bible. If you don't have it yet, say, wait. Oh, did I hear wait? Okay, so, so I'm going to start reading. 13, 28, 13, it says, you were. You, somebody say, you were. You were. That means it, 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 he used to be. The prophet says, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Well, I can only think of God being there. Jesus was there. The Holy Spirit was there. Adam and Mrs. Adam was there because this was before the fall. Her name did not change until after the fall when Adam named her. So before the fall, her name was Adam too. It had to be. And the two shall become one. That's why when a woman gets married, she's supposed to take the whole name. That's why the woman's name changed. Because the man is the authority figure in the marriage. That's why the woman takes on the man's name. And if you got two men, it's confusion. And it's not godly. There is an order to God. And if you don't follow his order, it is nothing else but chaos. And darkness. 
So the woman takes on the man's name because the man, once they get married, not before, once they get married, right? Because the woman is usually on this side, right? Hello, somebody. Because the woman's family is over here. Who's sitting right there usually? Her daddy is there. That means the daddy has authority over her because the man is over here and she's to his left. And you don't have authority over anything on your left side. Therefore, when you consummate the marriage, you kiss, you turn. Now the woman is on the man's right side, which means authority has switched. Y'all probably never knew why that happened like that. But this is how I teach it in my marriage. When I marry folks, I make them understand their authority is switching. Therefore, the man dies and the woman dies, and they merge into something that has never been before. Mr. and Mrs. John Fitzgerald Lofton. <laughs> On to the honeymoon. Praise God. <laughs> I ain't playing about it. And nothing like the honeymoon. We're still honeymooning. 20 years later, by the way. Praise God. Ain't we, boo? You know we are, girl. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> Tim got hot. Look at him taking his jacket off. <laughs> you might want to move on the other side over there, girl. I ain't lying, I ain't playing about it. See, we should be able to talk like this at the church because if the, if the husband ain't taking care of his wife, somebody else will. You ain't all that, brother. I'm telling you right now, you ain't all that. You might have a good game or had a good game, but if you don't take care of her now, I guarantee somebody will later on. Amen? Okay, so are you, are you here with me, see? You seeing this with me? So there was only one other being there. And it was the serpent who was influenced by whom? Come on, say it loud. Satan, Satan because this is after 1 1. Uh huh. So after 1 1, Satan was already on the earth. So, in other words, Satan can already influence everything on the earth that allows him to. Quite like today, I am so sick and tired of preachers trying to tell us to keep going into the enemy's camp. Why? Why? When the psalm tell us that his benefits are new every day, I don't have to go back and try to get something that I gave to Satan in the first place because he can't take nothing from a Christian anyway. You got to give it to him because we have authority over the enemy. So he can't take anything from you. Say that with me. He can't take nothing from me. So why you keep going up in the enemy's camp? See, that's what happened. That's why I got to have all these deliverance conferences because they keep going up in the... <laughs> Lay hands on me, Pastor. I went up in there and I can't get out. That's why you're so depressed because you're up in the enemy's camp. Don't, don't. Go back to the cross. Just, just go back to Jesus. Hello, somebody. Am I teaching you something? Be listening to them preachers. They might be good preachers, but that, some of that stuff just ain't good for you. Amen? Amen. So, so let's keep reading. So it was, it was Satan who was there, 
it says is he was in Eden right here. Now check this out. Every precious stone was your covering. This is this is this is Satan. This is God telling us how Satan looked. It said every precious stone was his covering. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel. Don't y'all like diamonds? The barrel, the onyx, the jasper. Uh, it's a woman's best friend. Sapphire, uh, turquoise, emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes. So not only did he have diamonds and stones in him, he had musical instruments in his body. You, did, did you know that? Did you know he was? Did you know he was precious? <laughs> he was. He was precious. He had musical instruments. Was prepared for you on the day you were created. Satan is a created being because Jesus, we just confirmed, created all. He created all. All. Come on, guys. You got to know that in your heart. He was gorgeous. He was created. Therefore, he can never be bigger or better or more powerful than what created him. And now we get to operate in the power of the Son by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, Satan can never be greater than us because we got the Spirit of the Son inside of us whereby we cry, Abba, Father, therefore, Satan, get out! And he has to obey your authority. Why? Because the Creator is in you. Jesus says it this way. You, you can't see him over there or over there, but the kingdom of God, which is the creation of God, which is the power of God, is in you. Paul said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you don't understand what's surging inside of you, that's why you're a weak Christian. God is not the problem. The problem is you don't know what your authority is. The reason we put up with so much crap is because we don't understand our authority. And God says the moment you stop crying and take authority, then we can work with something. I'm trying to teach you something, saints of God. The authority is yours. Somebody said the authority is mine. You have the authority to heal the sick, raise the dead, open blind eyes. You have the authority to prophesy. That's every church member. There's a difference between the office of a prophet and prophesying. The Bible says all can prophesy, but not all are prophets. That's why you need to know the difference between the ascension gifts that Jesus gave in Ephesians chapter 11 from the Holy Spirit inspired gifts that were given by 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and uh, chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. That's why you got to rightly divide the word of truth. That's why you got so many so-called self-proclaimed prophets that get rebuked when they come here. Because I don't play those little profit games. Why? Because I'm not going to allow anybody to hurt you. Because they can start prophesying to you and you start believing it. But the first order of a prophet is humility. And if they're not humble, then they're not worthy of the office of a prophet. If you can't get rebuked by the man of God of the house, then you're not a prophet. Because you're not going to learn anything. You're going to go hurt somebody. And I'm not going to have it in here. Amen? Because why? We live in Genesis 1-1. Order. But there are a lot of churches in Genesis 1-2. 14. You were the anointed cherub. This is what Lucifer was. 
the anointed chariot who covers. I established you. This is God speaking. God says, I'm the one that gave you the diamonds and the burl and the topaz. I'm the one that put the instruments in your body, boy. It's just like you talking to your child. I brought you in this world. I'm talking like Bill Cosby. <laughs> I brought you in this world and I'll take you out. Say, why? Because you, through you and the union of another person, you created this little person. And then if, when that little person looks at you and try to take authority over you, oh, no, you, you, boy, you must not know who I am up in here. Why? So, so then you have to take what? Authority. That's why you have these little kids running crazy. Because the parents won't take authority because these so-called uh, psychologists said that they should be free-range kids. But our children are not chickens. My child is not a chicken. My child is my child. And in my house, we're the creator. So the creator takes authority over what it created. Otherwise, what was created will always raise up in, in, in rebellion just like the nation. Because if we came from monkeys, then we don't have to live by a Holy Ghost standard. Is this making sense? I'm loving this. Okay. Y'all want some more? You sure? Okay, let me give you a little bit more. I'm not going to keep you long. Just give me about 10 more minutes and we're out. So it goes on to say, you walk back and forth in the midst of fiery storms, stones, I'm sorry. Verse 15, you are perfect in your ways. Let's go back a second. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. It was perfect. He created the heavenlies and the heaven beings. They were perfect too. This just confirmed what God created was perfect. God just said, when I created you, you were perfect. But it became. Even when you get saved, the moment you get saved, you're perfect. But you got to work out your salvation. <laughs> got to work it out, right? Right? Got to work it out, right? It didn't say work for it. You can't work for your salvation. It's already been paid. And it was a price none of us could pay. It was not a low price. It was a high price. Jesus paid the ransom. Therefore, now that we are saved, we got to work it out, which means every day we must endeavor to live like Jesus. Otherwise, we will become something that we were not created to be. Let me give you a scripture here. Created he them, male and female. Perfect. Today, it has become something that it was not created to be. We should be living in Genesis 1-1. All right, let me give you a little bit more of this book. You were the anointed, 14, you were the anointed cherub who covers, I establish you. You were on the holy mountain of God. He was right there with God, saints of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till, or some translation says until. Iniquity was found in you. Wow. You mean 
God created something perfect and it still rebelled against God? Hmm, kind of like what we do now. Why? The angels have free will too. Apparently they did because one third of the angels fell when he fell. Hello, somebody. So, but, but listen to this. Two thirds of the angels stayed. So we got more angels on our side. I'm getting excited. Can you tell? So we got two thirds of the angels and we don't even use them. We're complaining about the one third. One third of the angels fell. We're saying we're in trouble. <laughs> we're going to get God for sure. We got two thirds of the angels on our side, saints of God. That's twice as many. Somebody said twice as much. Until iniquity was found in you by the abundance of your trading, you became, you see what it said here? You became filled with violence within. You and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up. Somebody say pride. That can happen to us today. Your heart was lifted up. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. Your splendor. In other words, he was so in love with the way he looked. That's where it all started. Look at me. I got all these diamonds. In me. Can you imagine the light of God hitting, hitting, hitting this anointed cherub in heaven and, and all of those beautiful lights just reflecting all over heaven? And then, then, then the power is so strong that his body began to play worship music. Oh, man, can you imagine that? That these beautiful, melodious sounds are all over heaven and the light is all over heaven because of Lucifer. And Lucifer said, yeah, this, this, I'm the man. <laughs> Up in here. You see this? Yeah, that's me. That's me. I lay hands on ten folks and they all got slain in the spirit. That's me. Yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. I wave my hand, whoo, and the whole church went out. That's the power of God. That's me. Invite me to your church. I'll do the same thing. <laughs> Someone say pride. It happened to Lucifer. It happened to us. Don't get too high-minded just because God is using you. Stay humble. He said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due season. It's humility. Continue to operate in humility. God will give you more. That's why I don't care nothing about laying hands on folks they fall out on the floor. That happens all the time. I don't care. Because a lot of times when people fall out on the floor, when they get up, they're still crazy. <laughs> they're still cussing folks out, so that falling out on the floor stuff. So what? Well, well, <laughs> that, that don't define the, your ministry. So listen, what defines your ministry is how much love you have for people. That's what Jesus said. And how much word you got in you. You get this in you, people will get saved. People will get healed. People will fall out in the spirit. But it ain't you, Dad. He said, I cast you to the ground and I laid you before the kings that they might gaze at you, 
you defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth and in the sight of all who saw you. So in other words, guys, this is what happened in between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, is when Satan fell to the earth, therefore sin came to the earth. So the question is, how can something start off in order and perfect and decent and organized and become chaos? One word, sin. Sin. That's why racism is not the problem. And if we keep talking about racism and not deal with the problem, it's going to escalate. Because until you deal with the sin, you can't deal with racism. That's why preachers need to stop becoming politicians and stick with this word. I know I wouldn't, I, I know when nobody vote me in. They would call me a radical terrorist, which used to be a Christian nation. Now it's hostile towards us and the church and pastors. Right now they're trying to take away our 501c3. Oh, yes. They don't want us to preach, but I still believe free speech. I don't stand on the Constitution, and even if they take the Constitution and change it, I'm going to still preach it. Are you guys ready for this? Are you ready for what's coming? Are you sure? Then Jesus said persecution is coming. Then Paul, I'm sorry, didn't Peter say uh, perilous times are coming? Perilous times are here. That's why we have to be armed and dangerous with the word of God. We have to stand in unity as a church. We have, to, we have to call on one another, check on one another, believe in one another, encourage one another. You see somebody that's down, help lift them up. That's what the church is supposed to be here for. Amen? We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.